We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Start for the win. It's good. Pokushevsky takes flight as SGA plays through the contact, banks it in on the foul. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast post-game edition coming to you live on Trade Deadline Eve, Wednesday, February 9th, about 10 p.m. Central Time. I am your host for the evening, Jacob Niffen. We are proudly brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We are also the official podcast of SI Thunder. Tonight, the Thunder lose to the Toronto Raptors, 117-98. to A pretty lopsided loss. Thunder started off slow, made a few runs throughout the game, tried to close the gap, got it down to single digits, closed the first court, or the first half, pardon me, on a 9-0 run. But the Toronto Raptors just end up being too much in the end, too much Fred Van Vliet. Too much Pascal Siakam, too much OG Ananobi, some Scotty Barnes, and the Thunder lose again 117 to 98. So let's jump in and talk about this game a little bit. Uh, then we will talk about the trade the Thunder made today, uh, break that down a little bit. Gonna keep it pretty short on this episode because on Thursday, probably the day you are listening to this post game show is the NBA trade deadline. The deadline officially ends at 3 p.m. Central Time. uh, Sorry, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Central Time. And we here at the Uncontested uh, want to hang out with you guys in that final hour of the deadline. So make plans, whether you're at work or you're off or take a late lunch break, whatever. Tune in to our YouTube page. Uh, You can also watch us on Facebook and Twitter as we will be live from 1 p.m. Central Time to 2 p.m. Central Time tomorrow, just hanging out, taking questions, uh, reacting to all the trade news of the day, the rumors, and then the Woj bombs as they come falling from the skies in that final hour of the deadline. Uh, So make plans, come hang with us, and then immediately following, uh, right at 2 p.m., right as... The, the buzzer sounds on the NBA trade deadline. We will do a quick 30-minute trade deadline recap podcast uh, live here on the stream, so make sure you join in for that as well. 
Also going to try to give away a Poku pack or two. We have these awesome Poku fanny packs uh, stuffed with some sweet Thunder swag from ShopGood. So make sure to uh, subscribe to our YouTube page. If we get to 400 subs, then we're going to hand out a Poku pack or two tomorrow during the stream uh, while the deadline is approaching. So uh, we'd love for you guys to get in on that as well. Speaking of Poku packs, let's talk about this game tonight where Alexei Pokashevsky had a really nice game. Very excited. It's only a second game, like in 30 days, I think. Uh, but he had a really nice game tonight. Uh, first off, let's look at some team stats from tonight. Um, the Thunder get outshot uh, by 10% from the field. Um, OKC only shoots 30% from three, whereas the Toronto Raptors shoot 37% from three. Um, but the Thunder made one more because they took so many more. Uh, free throws pretty even 14 of 14 for the Raptors, 12 of 14 for the Thunder. Rebounds dead even 45 apiece. Uh, Thunder out assisted the Raptors 28 to 21. Thunder actually had 28 assists on 36 made baskets, which is pretty nice. Um, points off turnovers pretty even. Uh, the difference in this game points in the paint. Raptors had 58 to the Thunder's 38. That is pretty significant um one of my first observations from this game i haven't watched a whole lot of toronto raptors basketball this season uh their starting lineup was fred van vliet gary trent jr pascal siakam og ananobi and scotty barnes so no traditional center but the just the first thing i noticed was uh the two guards are a little bit undersized but everywhere else that team is just freaking massive. Like Pascal OG and Scotty are all probably like six foot nine, six foot 10. Each of them probably about 220 pounds uh, with a, a pretty significant plus on the wings wingspan. Um, I mean, Scotty Barnes just looks massive out there. OG and Anobi looks like super thick, super built They're They're just, as far as the really big wings are concerned, they've got the market corner. Like they've got they've got some dudes. It's it's pretty impressive the the type of team uh, that they trot out there. I was just like I was watching Ty Jerome try to guard Scotty Barnes. I was like, this is just unfreaking fair. Uh, you know, off their bench, they're they're playing Precious Achua, uh, Chris Boucher. Really, only seven guys in their rotation. Uh, seven guys got nineteen plus minutes. All their starters played 30 plus. Besides that, they got some guys some some late burn um in, in the blowout, but they don't go very deep into their rotation. Uh, but the guys they do have are physically uh and skill-wise very impressive. Uh so I was just I was kind of taken aback by that, honestly. Uh let's jump into some Thunder players real quick. There's I'm not gonna talk about everyone tonight, uh, but we'll touch on a few guys. Um, Lou Dort continued to kind of do what he does. Um, I, I thought he played decent four rebounds, four assists, 15 points. Um, very inefficient scoring night for Lou, but Toronto's a good defensive team and their interior, even though they don't have a traditional center, they just have so much length. I thought Baisley again had a very nice night. I know I've been on Baisley's head. I keep having to say that, 
Um, I think rightfully so. He didn't play well for a long time this season. Excuse me. Tonight, he was very aggressive. I, I mentioned in the first half, probably around the end of the first quarter, that Baisley was like teetering on the edge, on, on the knife's edge of being like a good aggressive and being um, kind of out of control aggressive. But he balanced it really well. He had a really nice like Euro step right past Scotty Barnes. I think, I can't remember if he dunked it or laid it up. He had a, a nice like beat everyone down the court and dunked on Precious Achua. Um, most of the time, basically going to the basket, trying to drive and do some sort of move is not good. Uh, but I thought tonight he he had some good finishes at the rim. I, I thought he overall he played really well. One of two from three, four of six from the free throw line. Only four rebounds, but two assists, two steals, 13 points. Uh, 13 on four of nine shooting. Uh, and one of two from three. That's that's pretty solid efficiency. So shout out to Baisley. I thought he had another good night. Um, Trey Mann. What, we, don't, we don't even need to talk about Derek Favors. Trey Mann, uh, I thought it was interesting, only played 18 minutes tonight. I wonder if that was by design that he had been getting a lot of minutes, and so they kind of cut him a little bit short tonight. If the coaching staff saw something that they didn't like, if he wasn't competing very hard defensively, um, Pretty much everyone on that team was really hard for him to match up on defensively, so a bit of a challenge for him. But only 18 minutes for Trey Mann tonight. Um, besides Derek Favors, that's the least amount on the team. I thought that was that was fairly surprising. Uh, Josh Giddy only 29 minutes tonight. Coach mentioned after the Golden State game that they were going to play Josh Giddy only about 30 minutes a night. He had mentioned uh, fatigue. This is the most games Josh has ever played before. Um, wanting to keep him fresh and not overdo him. I think Taylor mentioned it tonight on Twitter a little bit. I think some of it is Josh helps you win games and you're not trying to win games right now and you want to get a look at some of these younger guys and uh, get some experience and 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 fill out what some of these younger guys can do and also uh, help yourself lose and get better lottery odds. Um, but even in 29 minutes, Josh... Uh, just continues to be freaking awesome. Six of 11 from the field, so over 50%. Only one of four from three. He's really been struggling from three. We've mentioned it the last few times we've had a show. All of Josh's threes are short. Uh, and to me, that means either there's not there's probably not enough legs in the shot getting it up there, uh, which is two things. Number one, fatigue. Uh, he is getting tired. And then number two, uh, strength. Both of those things will get better with... NBA seasons with time and with off seasons, he'll, he'll get stronger. He'll bulk up. Uh, he'll get used to the, the grind of the season. I, I honestly like think Josh is going to in his career level out into like an average three point shooter. Like I would not be surprised if year five of Josh, uh, he is shooting like 34, 35% from three on like four attempts a game. That would not surprise me at all. And I think that would be very, very good for the thunder. Um, It'd be huge for Josh's development. So, uh, but just super efficient. Six of eleven for thirteen points, nine rebounds, six assists, a steal, only two turnovers. Um, Scotty Barnes was also awesome tonight. Uh, he had seventeen points, two rebounds, four assists uh, on five of nine shooting. So he was very efficient as well. But I just thought Josh was was awesome again. This was a matchup of two of the better rookies in this class, um, and 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 Josh played great. Josh really did. 
Uh, I think the guys we really got to focus on tonight, though. I mean, Kenrich Williams had a fine night, three of eight from the field, uh, 12 rebounds for Kenrich, six assists, a steal, a block, six points. Uh, Jerome did Jerome stuff, five of 14 from the field, three of 12 from three, 13 points. We got to talk about the two sophomores, though, because they have had, or they, they have had, they had their best games this season. Uh, let's start with Teo Maladone. Teo has been a um, essentially a cardboard cutout on the court. Just hasn't done anything. Has been very like you. You don't even realize he's out there. He he's just blended into the wall. He, you you don't realize he's even on the court. Um, he played very aggressive tonight. In 31 minutes, he took 16 shots. He was three of seven from three. Uh, he had two rebounds, three assists, a steal, a block, uh, and 18 points. Really impressive uh, stuff by Teo tonight. For the first time in a very, very long time, I watched Teo play basketball, and I said, wow, that's a guy that's being aggressive. That's a guy that's trying to score points on the basketball court. There's so many times where he just shrinks, and he just like it's like he doesn't want the ball. He won't put any pressure on the defense. That Some people say, you know, you got to take what the defense gives you, um, but that means if they're like double-teaming you, you rotate the ball out. Um, it doesn't mean just letting the defense get into a very basic stance and then you say, oh, I guess I can't drive past him now, and and you swing the ball. That's what Teo has typically done. I thought he was very aggressive tonight, and that was that was nice to see. Do I expect that? Like, that has Teo turned a corner? No, it's one game. But uh, it was nice to see. It was nice to see him be aggressive. He kind of looked like last year's Teo, and so that was nice. Uh, and then the big one. The guy who got uh, the Bally Sports player of the game tonight, uh, I think his best game of his season by far, uh, Poku tonight in 30 minutes scored 18 points on seven of nine from the field, four of five from three. He had four rebounds and assist, four steals, two blocks, and only one turnover. Defensively, he really used his length tonight, which was awesome. He had some blocks. He, he got some passing lanes. Uh, I thought he slid his feet well with faster guys. He got matched up on some of those bigger dudes from time to time and just tried to battle and be physical. You love to see that. And then he turned defense into offense. There was multiple times where he got a tip or a steal or a, or a block and would rip down the ball and push it out in, in transition. Obviously, the signature one tonight was that where he got the ball out in transition and picked up his dribble at the three-point line, took two steps, and finished like a ridiculous go-go gadget arm finger roll at the rim. That was just freaking awesome. That was right before the half ended, actually, because the next play was a Baisley dunk uh, that kind of capped off the 9-0 Thunder run to end the half. The shot looked, he looked very confident in the shot. Um, it, it looked really good. It had a lot of arch on it. Um, there's a good night from Poku. Nate in the chat says he still has to work on being in control on defense. Definitely. Uh, sometimes he over pursues uh, and the defense blows or the offense blows past him. Uh, he he's still got a lot of work to do, but the tools are there. Um, I'm not saying like, you know, oh, this changes everything for Poku. It was a nice night. Uh, he's had two nice games in a row uh, going back to, well, I guess two games in the past three nights going back to uh, Sacramento. And then tonight, I think both of those are really good games for him. And hopefully those are blocks he can build on. I know a lot of people, including myself, have high hopes for him. He has definitely not lived up to those so far. 
Uh, he's really struggled. That's why he's been getting G League minutes. Uh, and it also kind of worries me that coach has talked a lot about him as far as uh, effort um, and aggressiveness. But I thought he really played within himself tonight. Um, I thought he didn't force a whole lot of stuff. He he took the offense as it came to him uh, and had an incredibly efficient night. So shout out to Poku. Really fun game from him. I hope we continue to see that type of game from him moving forward. Maybe the second half of this season can really be a, a building block for him moving forward. You're seeing guys like Baisley take that opportunity and really step up their game. Um, hopefully Poku can be the next guy in line to do that. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Besides that, I think that's all I have for the game tonight. Um, But I do want to mention a trade that went down today. We'll talk about this more whenever we get to uh, do our our trade recap podcast tomorrow. Uh, But I do want to mention it on our show tonight as well. I'm trying to pull up the exact um, the parameters of that trade. Um, so the Oklahoma city thunder have traded a second round pick, uh, to the Miami heat. I believe it is a 2026 second round pick. The thunder have multiple 2026 second round picks. The worst of those picks on draft night will go to the Miami heat. We will not know the worst pick in that draft until the 2026 season ends the 2026 regular season, but of all the 2026 uh, second round picks, the thunder have the worst one goes to the heat. 
Um, in return, the Thunder receive uh, the wing KZ Akpala. He, I think, is a third or a fourth-year player. Came from Stanford. Um, I remember watching a little bit of him in a in that draft class. But this trade was more about the first-round pick that Miami owes to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, the Miami Heat from they, – they had traded a pick to the Clippers. The Clippers traded it to OKC. It was a 2023 first-round pick um, that the Heat owed to OKC, and that pick was lottery-protected, meaning if the pick fell between 1 and 14, if the Heat missed the playoffs, the Heat would keep it. And if the Heat kept the pick in 2023 – it would rotate over and the Thunder would get it in 2024 unless the Heat missed the playoffs and then the Heat would keep it. And then the pick would roll over to 2025 and the Thunder would get it unless the Heat made the playoffs again. Uh, or uh, Sorry, missed the playoffs again, in which case the Heat would keep it um, and it would roll over to 2026. And in 2026, regardless of where the pick landed, the Thunder would get it. So... Basically, this was a pick that was designed that the Thunder would only get if the Heat were really good and the pick ended up in like the 20s. Now, they modified this this draft pick that the Heat owed to Oklahoma City in this trade that now, instead of the pick coming to OKC in 2023, it is a 2025 pick. And in 2025, it is protected in the lottery, 1 through 14. So if the Heat miss the playoffs, they will keep the pick. And then in 2026, the pick is completely unprotected, and it goes to Oklahoma City no matter what. So the reason the Thunder did this, I, I've had a few people ask me about this tonight, and um, I know a lot of our listeners probably understand the parameters of this, but for those that don't, I just wanted to make sure to kind of explain it. The idea here is... We don't know what the Heat are going to look like in 2025, right? Like Jimmy's going to be older. Um, is Bam still there? Is Tyler Hero still there? Um, Kyle Lowry will be retired by then probably. We don't know what the Heat will look like in 2025. And if they're good and they make the playoffs, hopefully it's like at the 7 or 8 seed and that pick is like pick 16 or 17. But the real hope is that they miss the playoffs that year Uh, And they keep the pick. That way in 2026, it's completely an unprotected pick. And the Thunder uh, get it. And hopefully the Miami Heat will be bad that year as well. Basically, what's happening here is the Thunder are bettering the quality of that pick. The way it was currently set up when when the Thunder were supposed to get it in 2023, that pick probably... Uh, was just going to end up being a pick that the Thunder get next year in 2023, and it was going to be picked like 26, 25. Not a great asset. The idea here is the Thunder are betting on um, removing some of the protections so the asset becomes a little bit better, and it could end up being a better pick because it's harder to predict where a team will be farther down the line. So really, th- this is just a play by the Thunder to try to um, not get another pick, but better the quality of one of the picks they have uh, from the, and, and as far as KZ Akpala, I don't know if he's going to stay with the thunder or not. Um, this is going to be kind of a wait and see type of thing. He's not going to, I don't think he's going to be long-term for the thunder. If they kept him, it'd be for the rest of this year. Then they'd shake his hand and let him go in the summer. Uh, but we still have, you know, 17 hours until the trade deadline. So 
uh, Thunder could do more stuff and need to waive him. So I, I, I definitely do not think it's a guarantee that Casey Akpala will be on this team. Uh, from the Heat perspective, this does two things for Miami. Number one, it drops them below the luxury tax, and it drops them below the luxury tax enough to where they could go sign a free agent on the buyout market. That's the one big thing for them is they wanted to get below the luxury tax enough that they had money to go spend whenever buyout season happens after the trade deadline. The other thing is per the Stepien rule, a team cannot trade first round picks, their own first round pick in back-to-back seasons. So since Miami owed Oklahoma City their 2023 pick, Miami can't trade their 2022 pick and they can't trade their 2024 pick. But we don't know if that pick was going to to convey to the Thunder in 2023. It could be a 2024 pick, which means the Heat couldn't trade their 2025 pick. Uh, at basically, those protections put a lot of limits on what the Heat could trade. By moving it out to 2025, the Heat have now opened up the ability to trade their first-round pick this season, their 2022 pick, and their first-round pick next season, their 2023 pick. Now, in my personal opinion, the Heat would not do that and open up those two picks to be traded unless they were in some talks and something. I mean, you don't just do that to do that. Um, you do that because you have a need to move one of those first round picks. Uh, and I think that might be the case here. We might see a heat trade go down tomorrow where they trade a first round pick for something. Um, so that'd be interesting to, to see kind of how that, how that shapes up. But so that, that's kind of the parameters of, of, why the Thunder made that trade. It was a really small trade, went under the radar. Uh, I mean, shit, nobody even broke it. It, it. Reporters got it whenever the teams made their press release that they'd already finished the phone call with the league. So, um, you know, not a very significant trade, but it's these little moves on the margins by Sam Presti where he's uh, bettering the quality of his own, uh, the, the picks that, that are owed to him that make things better. Um, trying to, to one step at a time, get a little better and a little better and a little better. That way those assets end up being really good. So with that, I think that's all I got for you guys tonight. Um, Thunder currently still sitting at fourth in the reverse standings on Tankathon. They are two games ahead of Houston, uh, one game ahead of Indiana, two games ahead of Sacramento. Tank standings are going to start getting pretty interesting. You got to assume New Orleans is going to start to climb a little bit. Sacramento was trying to climb a little bit. Meanwhile, Portland is going to start plummeting. You got to assume Washington is going to plummet as well uh, due to trades and injuries. So the tank stands are going to be interesting. Hopefully the Thunder can continue to uh, to drop games. Indiana probably going to lose more games now because they do not have uh, two of their starters, although Tyrese Halliburton I think is going to be really good for them. So the hope is the Thunder keep losing and keep climbing those tank standings or at least don't give up spot number four. Uh, if you watch college basketball, you saw some of the the guys that the Thunder will be targeting, like a Jaden Ivey uh, or a Jabari Smith Jr., looking freaking awesome last night. So got to stay at least at four, fourth best odds, hopefully to land one of those top three picks. Hey, thank you guys if you jumped on the stream tonight. I appreciate you. We had a handful of people in here, which is really awesome. Make sure to go sub to our YouTube channel and join us on Trade Deadline Day, Thursday, February 10th from 1 to 2 p.m. Central Time. Uh, if you're at work, just throw the YouTube stream on on a, on a tab and listen to us. 
uh, while you do your work or whatever. We're just going to hang out, break down the trades, um, just get excited with everybody. It's just, just, basically, it's just a hangout, and we're super excited about it. Just come join us. We'll also give away some Poku packs if enough people sub to the YouTube page. Uh, well, I think we need like six or seven more. So go hit that sub button. We'd love if you did that. Thanks for listening to the show. If you're on the podcast platforms as well, make sure you subscribe. We will talk with you. I will talk with you again here in like 13 hours, uh, 15 hours, something like that. So uh, excited to, to chat with you guys again tomorrow. Trade deadline day is one of my favorite days of the entire calendar year. So can't wait for that. Until then, and as always, thunder up. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.